How are you, Robert? How are you doing, John? How are you? Not too bad, not too bad yourself. Grand, thank God. What's new from Palmer? Yeah, same old, same old story, still abusing people. <laughs> I heard there was a, a guy we were saying last time that the guy, the new guy entered, no? He was uh, from Colombia. From Colombia? From Colombia, yeah. Yeah. So, um, for our listeners anyway, the, um, the Palmarian Church give a bulletin every month and they're talking about this new guy that they have in Colombia. Um, now, I saw some insider photographs of him walking around the poor, poor the poor areas of, of Colombia, of Medellin, where Pablo Escobar was, Escobar was from, um, giving out like food packages to the poor. Um, this is a real, you know, kind of trying to enhance people into the church, you know? Yeah, which is a change in tactic because when before I left, uh, we weren't allowed to talk to people who were homeless or give anything to people uh, like true charity who weren't dressed to the norms of Palmar, no? Yeah. And you know, I was in South America as a bishop there. And um, I mean, I got money from the Irish faith for the poor. And they threw me out as well for that. Yeah. The, the, the poor Palmarians. <laughs> yeah, they so, seem to be getting to a point where they need any help they can get, you know. Yeah, they're kind of copping on that if they want to attract people into it, they have to use different tactics, and that's what they're using. But it's very cultish in their case, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah. As they preach, they have the true faith, and they don't need uh, they don't need anything else. That's all they need, just the mass and the rosary, and everything else does fall into place, you know. That's it, yeah. <laughs> now, I'll plug my Twitter there if anybody wants to get in contact, ask any questions for future podcasts, or bring up any uh, teams that you'd want, like discussed. My yeah, Twitter is handle is JJS at 853. Uh, sorry, JJS underscore 853. Um, and you can, t- you can hit me up on my Twitter feed. Yeah. And everybody knows now that we have our, our um, email is palmarianchurch at gmail.com. Perfect. We need that there. Okay. So we're talking about uh, Manolo today, no? Yeah, we're thinking we've gone through Clemente a few, a couple of couple of um, chapters now. So uh, I was thinking this week we, we have a go at Manolo, Manuel, Alonso, Corral, no? Father Isidore? Yeah. The second in command of the... Well, people, a lot of people assume he was the brain behind the whole um, setup in Palmar. He definitely was a smooth operator, let's put it that way. Mm. Um, there was no strings attached there. He, did, he, knew, he knew what he was doing. Um, now, some people say he was a administ- business administrator, but he was, he, was, um, he was a solicitor and seemed to be pretty good in his day. Um, so he was, he was an intellect, you know, he was very intellectual and he could... Uh, he could really speak well, you know, and he presented yeah. himself well to us who were very ignorant at the time. He presented himself very, very well, you know. Yes, he had sort of a class about him now. He was quite refined in comparison to Clemente, which wouldn't be hard to do, but <laughs> he was uh, he was still pretty refined. And he was, they were actually like day, day and night, you know, the relationship was quite odd. Yeah, Laurel and Hardy. Um, exactly. I mean, you know, you'd never see Isidore. Well, yeah, well, you wouldn't. Well, not many saw him drunk, but you wouldn't see Isidore falling around the bars of Seville. Do you know? Yeah, and he always um, watched himself. He never had uh, like sermons. The only sermon I remember him having is when uh, Clemente died, and he was screaming at the media trying to get in the door. No. Um, oh, was he? Yeah. Yeah, he let it rip. That's the first time I ever heard him kind of losing losing his temper because they were writing yeah. things. I don't know. 
probably writing the truth and he was he was going mad about it so he was screaming off the altar but after that he never sermonized he only wrote letters no ah. yeah no he, he had no he had no problem writing and shouting in the community anyway yeah um, but he wasn't that type that like Clemente was was boisterous you know exactly um, like, like day and night yeah. and you'd know when Clemente was upset with, with Isidore he just you're ex- always expecting a surprise mm. you know something like and he might be smiling at you, but you'd say to yourself, what's he thinking, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and his tactic was to go to Clemente and tell Clemente. He's a big telltaler, you know? He'd go, yeah, to, go to Clemente tell him that's everything. Where, that's where, obviously, then Kinez got that from, because Kinez was exactly the same. Oh, yeah, lick ass. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had a personal experience with Isidore and it, with the rules. One of the first r- really rigorous rules, you want to put it that way, was when they banned jeans. Remember, the jeans were banned. Yeah. Okay, I think they've they let, you can wear them now, can't you, or something like that. Yeah, they brought it back now. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that happened. Yeah, that happened um, during one Holy Week, I think it was. So yeah, an Easter week, and a couple of Palmarians were wearing jeans, and apparently these are guys now, fellas. Mm. They were a bit tight, and you could see their 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 parts, you know, whatever. Mm. <laughs> their bulge. And, uh, yeah, they're. And this was the famous father Melchizedek. Yeah. Goes and tells Isidore, right? Mm. And of course, Isidore goes to, goes to Clemente. Clemente says, "Banned." Crazy. And then I, I remember Melchizedek coming down. I was working with him that day, and he said, "Jeans are banned." And I said, "What? Jeans are banned for what?" And he said, and I said, um, I said something like, "I uh, oh, said because it's sinful." And I said, oh, "Let the first one who hasn't got a sin throw, throw a stone." Yeah. Uh, I was implying that he was, you know, he was he had a homosexual relationship with Father Felipe. Mm. Mr. 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 Mrs. Melchizedek, they called him. Um, and I said, you know, it was a bit hypocritical, no? <laughs> yeah, of course. And I just remember as being, being a faithful, just uh, the getting told, uh, that's it, get all your jeans, uh, uh, clothing, and, and destroy them, you know, with the scissors. Yeah. Well, the impact there was... Because it was me and, and another priest, we said to another ex-Palmarian priest, uh, we start giving out to Melchizedek. So he went up and he told Isidore that we were giving out to him. Mm. Isidore, Isidore came, I remember him coming down and saying, who, who, who was giving you cheek? And he said, he named us. He said, I got you have a month in the kitchen. Okay, so the, that was the first impact of that rule. But then, of course, Gobshite start missionaries start asking, um, well, can you have, um, can you wear denim jackets no that's only for riffraff yeah. uh, can you have um, denim curtains no <laughs> so yeah it became ridiculous like every rule yeah. that's where this whole rule thing started you know basically how yeah. they all start they all kick off from there in that sense that people start asking when a new rule come in people would ask questions of course the more you asked the more you were told no yeah you know that's the likes of me. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't ask any questions. That was it. Because yeah, but that's what they, they used to always have this excuse. Oh, we're so busy. Um, stop bringing up with these excommunications. But you just made the fucking rules. So like, I mean, come on. You know what I mean? Of course, we're gonna <laughs> See, bring it up. Why you need one or two golf shots to go go to Isidore and say, like, can you wear denim jackets? He'd say no. Mm. Can you wear denim? Um, can you have denim curtains? No. Yeah. Can you have? You know, nothing could nothing could be. Then then they just ban denim. Yeah, and, and just just in defence of the of the of the people that like that actually did go and ask the questions, I I believe that a lot of that came from disbelief. So they were going to try and 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 
like dig a hole, see how far this rule went, no? Um, yeah. To show the ridiculousness of it, no? Um, and yeah. eventually well, that well, line of question turned into scruples. So people start getting. Well, the ones I knew who were doing it were people who are scrupulous, above mm. all missionaries, missionaries yeah. you know, who wouldn't think for themselves. Because remember, you're in a cult yeah. and you're not allowed to think yourself, you're not allowed to criticize. So what do you do? You ask questions. You're always asking questions. Yeah, that's um, like for anybody who has never been uh, in a in a situation like that, or brainwashed, or manipulated like that. It's actually easier within a within a, a an enclosed uh, community like that to give up your brain in that regard, because you have less to think about, less emotions to deal with, um, and that's why a lot of people do it. They switch off. They give up their power. They give up their their free will. No. Yeah, and that was kind of handy for some missionaries because. Then they didn't have to explain anything to the to the faithful. They just said, well, the Holy Father said it's a mortal sin. That's yeah. it. It's a communication. Yeah. That's it. No thought, as you said, no process. Just that's it. Yeah, just just to highlight on that again, it's just like people think like, why didn't you just not do it and not just not tell them? That's what I get a lot of that from people who have never been in inside a, a, a cult or inside mm-hmm. an organization like that. No. Um the reason being is that if you're caught breaking the rules and you haven't said it or you haven't put it in because everything was excommunication wasn't confession um you 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 run the you ran the risk of losing your family you ran the yeah. risk of being made in a post apostate no yeah and that means losing everything like you're just one day they could just decide you're out that's it you're out and that's it you lose but your family overnight yeah yeah and I, I mean, no- again another sign of a you know cultish behavior or a cult is this guilt complex that they ins- uh, yeah. ins- Dealing people, you know, and Clemente mm. was an ex. Clemente was an expert at that. He was mm. an expert at it, and people learned to do that from him, you know. Yeah. So the way he would, you know, he, he we wouldn't see him for weeks on end. The next thing he just appear at one of the roll calls, and it'd be just silence, and he go, he clear his throat, <clears throat> you know, and he start off real slowly, and then he'd say, "I've heard this. Mm. I've heard that." Do you know you're burning in hell? Do you know if you don't tell Father Israel about that, you're gonna go to hell? You're excommunicated, you're celebrating Mass sacrilegiously. Yep. And they have shit and bricks in 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So everybody else learned to do that? Yeah, manipulation, fear fear tactics. Yeah. Guilt, the guilt complex. So yeah. you're, you're always waiting, and then you know, you, you know, if, if somebody has, if you hear that somebody has something in, the, in their, in their, um, their bedroom, no, their cell. Mm. Next thing you do, you'd have a, a complete clean of all the cells. You'd have people rummaging through your bedroom and your your bag and everything, you know. And they're crazy, and that's kind of a guilt complex. That if you had anything in your room, immediately you'd lash up to Father's door and say, Father's door, sorry, I have this book that I shouldn't have in my room. You're okay, just hand it over. Or it's I got, actually I got scary to- that you're saying that now because when uh, that was in your time when you were in the order and afterwards yeah. when Kinez became Pope and that started happening amongst the faithful. Yeah. And then you had these random ass people coming into your house and, and going through your shit trying to find stuff, you know? Because he learned it from an expert. He, learned, he, learned, he probably had the tendency anyway to do it, mm. but definitely he learned it from Clemente. That, like, Clemente knew how to do that. Yeah. An expert. Because yeah. he, he was so charismatic, he would scare you. You know, yeah, definitely. Was talking about Isidore, Isidore would play the game. Now you go up to him and say, for example, say, say Clemente said, um, I've heard that people have certain books in their rooms that they're not supposed to have. Okay. 
Whoever has these books better go to Father's Door now and ask for forgiveness. Be hell. 20 people lashing up to Father's Door to ask for forgiveness. And Isidore would just sit there real cool and calm and say, Yes. Okay, just hand it over. And how and how did that pr- procedure work for for us uh, as faithful? We had to ring and then ring the missionary, and then the missionary had to ring the convent, then the convent had to ring, and then I had to present it to the pope, and then I came back uh, lifted or. Well, not, in that case, it was, 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 was directly with Isidore, directly. Okay. Okay. You had to go to his his office, but you see the queue. There'd be twenty people there, and everybody knew what was going on. You know. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> Madness. Because because Clemente had scared the shit out of everybody the night before. And yeah. that meant that meant people all that night in bed thinking, Jesus, I have a book here that I shouldn't have. I'm mm. gonna go to bed. They're lying there all night thinking about this. Yeah, it triggered it triggered their guilt, their religious yeah. guilt, and that in turn so the next day they get up, they're knackered, they're tired, yeah. guilt complex, scruples yeah. start create scruples. So now everything is bad. Mm. And you know, they go to Zadar with the book, there's the book, and they say, And father, I have this book as well. Get that one out as well. And Father, I have a picture from me, Mum and Dad. Get that out as well. Mm. So that, that's all. There was never a yes to anything, you know. It was always no. Um, especially back, when. Go, yeah. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you there. Um, sorry, just going back quickly to that uh, sermon that he was given. Like I said, when he shouted, no, um, Manolo, and it, it comes in line what you were talking about there, about being scrupulous and stuff. Uh, Manolo st- started blaming the faithful in that sermon that um, we killed. Pope Gregory the Seventeenth. We killed Clemente because we were breaking the rules so much. Because yeah. before Clemente died, just after two thousand, all these rules started coming in. No, yeah, people were breaking them left, right, and center. Then it got uh, under pain of excommunication to the confessor. So you had to confess, but you're excommunicated, but you can still go to confession. Yeah. And then Manolo got up and he started saying, "It's going to be to the Holy Father. Uh, you killed Clemente. You know, made the faithful feel guilty because they were the ones who weren't holding the rules." Even though there was like, I don't know, 100, 200 rules at that time, yeah. and nothing was written down. So people had to do it from memory, you know? Yeah. And like people would make mistakes, or some other faithful would see another faithful with something, and then he'd rat them out, or he would have to tell on him because that's Manola made that rule as well. You have to tell if you see something, no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he was heartbroken. You're heartbroken. God help him. Yeah. So he twisted, he twisted the rules that Clemente made, which were already hard. And he made yeah. them that much harder. Yeah. And introduced a few new ones himself. Um, you see, one if, being inheritance. If you go it's back over, started with Manolo. If you go back over the apparitions, you'll see that from the very, very beginning. You know, any rules, although they weren't, you know, strict rules, but any rules within Palmar were always imposed. And it was always Our Lady or Our Lord saying it, you know? Mm. Um, and then in Palmar, when there's the order and when there's the church forms, the church is formed, it's Clemente imposing them, no? But yeah. it got to the stage, it was, I mean, before the, the, the faithful had rules, we had our 120 rules that we had to read every week. At least they were written down, as you say. Mm. Um, but they were imposed by Clemente. And yeah. it got to the stage that he, just, he didn't even want to hear them. So he would he would get Isidore to listen to the, the problems. He wouldn't go he wouldn't listen to them because he'd have so many people at his room every you know every day of the week asking for forgiveness um, that uh, th- they couldn't control it mm. so they didn't even, they didn't even think it out they just put they imposed these rules thinking now that's that there take that you know um, yeah, it was like on a whim on a, on a whim it was on a whim it was most of these things were on a whim mm. 
Yeah, um, going back as well, Manolo, when I was younger, I remember seeing uh, Manolo's mother uh, coming to Palmar. She used to have these jackets on with big fur uh, collars. Yeah. Um, and she looked like well-to-do, you know, uh, kind of posh. Um, yeah. I only saw her maybe once or twice my whole life. Um, so, like, his family, where did he come from? Like, what was the background of the family? Were they middle class? Were they... Yeah, they, he's um, from he's from Extremadura, which is Bada, oh, sorry Badajoz, which is Extremadura, mm-hmm. which isn't too far from Andalusia, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, okay. But he did. He, you could see that he was educated, and the family looked, as you said, they always looked well dressed. But they only came, you know, they only came to Palmar on the likes of Easter week, you know. And I don't think they came much after, you know. And bit by bit, they start. I think they stopped coming after a while. I think one of his brothers used to come, um, his sister, his mother, a couple of nieces. I think there was a couple of nieces as well, or nephews. Yep. But, but I mean, we did hear, you know, that when that, um, I think Hines said that on, on um, one of the TV interviews that he gave, that, that money had been given to these people yep. from Palmar. And they, they were never Palmarian. That's another question. Why did they never become Palmarian, you know? Exactly. But that's, that's the thing. It, there seems to be a like this the same occurrence every time with Clemente none of his family joined maybe his mother joined t- towards the end not really joined she was just look, getting looked after you know exactly and uh, his family never joined either and there was all these miracles and, and signs and, and you know all this sort of nonsense that they were saying at the beginning um, but their families never joined it's a bit odd no yeah you'd think they would have seen that he was so holy he must be must be great he must be a great man so holy, it attracted it attract him, but it doesn't seem to attract him at all. And even though he was given the money, it didn't attract them either. Yeah. No, I but think that's, that's what... just speak about the money there because inheritance was a big thing for him. He he didn't uh, say exactly that you would have to um, that you would you would be excommunicated if you didn't give your inheritance to the church. No, but he started the ball rolling in that direction. That if you can't help if you can help Mother Church and you don't, you're committing a sin. No. Now, Kinez yeah. took that and ran with it and said you're X-Men Gate. But that's just yeah. Kinez. We get that to a, at a different no, uh, we need, podcast. No, we, we need two or three episodes for Kinez. <laughs> yeah, you'd need about five for him in fucking nutcase. But anyway, uh, no, Manolo, Manolo started the ball with the inheritance. And I think it's very hypocritical because it was came out afterwards that he left his inheritance to his family. Yeah. He weren't primary. Another thing about, I mean, the, the hypocrisy of this man, I mean, there's a lot to talk about this man. And he's, he's one of these kind of um, enigmas and mysteries, to be honest. He, it took me a long time to understand this man. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was the only one who would pay social social security in Spain. That's like paying your PRSI in Ireland. Mm. Okay. Nobody else paid it. So he, he had a little pension for himself. We right. didn't have a pension. When we were thrown out after 20 years there, we had no pension. We had no rights at all. Yeah. You know? Um, he's looking after number one. Yeah, then when he was sick, you'd know more about this than I was. But when he was sick there at the end in his last few years, I mean, he went to, to the States for very expensive um, operations, he which nobody else in the community got. Nobody. Mm. Forget about it. I mean, Clemente used to say, to Palmar, to, 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 to live or to die, we have, we have a, we have a what, what's he called, a cemetery there. You know? Mm. Nobody yeah, got they're it. very cold when regarding to, uh, sick people, but not when it came to themselves. They got all the high-level... Uh treatment which is very hypocritical like even father camillo who died yeah. um they canonized a saint but uh he was a, he used to be a missionary in ireland and he yeah. was very ill 
and he needed he needed a, some sort of medical assistance and he was refused it no? yeah a lot of them refused a lot were refused and same and with father cornelius now who couldn't walk he needed an operation an amputation of his leg right yeah and uh, uh, what's his name from the north a little fella from the north father small guy he joined with me i can't remember him now it's one of the savages i think the I uncle know. no the the other family then he was the uh, he was the uncle i can't remember his name now he needed it he needed operation he didn't get it um okay. but what i'm getting is that you know there was that you know they were very proud of their um because it was the first private cemetery in Andalusia, as far as I know, and so they were very proud of that. You know, they, however, however they pulled it off, I don't know how they did it, but they did it. <clears throat> that nobody could find out who was buried there. You know, it's wow. private. Yeah. And that's the very first one in Andalusia. That's very interesting. Yeah, first one. What what strings needed to be pulled, or what that's hands been... needed to be buttered, uh, to yeah. get that? Yeah. Listen, while we're because we're, we're going to keep talking about this fella, um, Isidore, um, aka Manolo Manuel Alonso Corral. Now, what I know, I mean, he's a smooth operator. I hadn't got a lot to do, to do with him directly, except yep. when I was a missionary. But there wasn't a lot. He didn't. He, we didn't get on. He did try to um, kind of bring me to his little club. He had a little club as well, like Clemente. And yep. He took me out once. He used to go to the banks every morning. He took me out once to the banks, and that was it. And I was never brought out again. <laughs> because I didn't what talk did you do? To him. I just didn't talk to him. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't be bothered. That shit. This is too much. This was too much of a. You know, you, you got out every. You know, he went for a fancy breakfast, and then he went to the bank, and then for a fancy lunch. Get out of it. What were we supposed to be doing? I'm not, I'm not into this, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that was once anyway. Um, and so he had his little group, but um, I mean, we all know his sexual appetites were he, he was homosexual for sure, he might have been bisexual, but he was practicing while he was in Palmyra. It wasn't that it was something that he left behind or that he kept his vows, he didn't. He was practicing Palmyra, he had a couple of known lovers within the community, mm. and um, <clears throat> and um, I know from one from one bishop who an uh, ex Palmyrian ex bishop who went with him one day him and elias they had um the the guys who used to do our ladies um, cloaks and that and yep. there were two gay lads in in uh, seville had their own apartment there and isidore and elias had their own had their own room in that apartment mm. they'd go to visit these guys and they take off their cassock mm. They'd be walking around the house in a car with their shirt and, and trousers, you know? And you yeah. know that we weren't allowed to do that. that yeah, the relevance of that, we'll talk about the relevance of that for anybody who might know. Um, in Palmar, it was said that Rome, uh, because of Roman priests do that and they took off their cassock after Vatican II, you know? Um, yeah. That that was a sign that they have apostatized. So him doing that uh, would be very hypocritical. Yeah. It was just typical of them, you know. And this is people. This, these were seen. They were seen, and this isn't. This isn't hearsay. They were seen doing it on more than one occasion. Yeah, there was a documentary there, La Sexta, or they, one of them did a documentary. I watched uh, a little, uh, good few years ago now. Um, that they were in a place like that, you know, where they were making the materials. Yeah. Yeah. These two guys, gay lads, were very artistic. I'm not saying they weren't. Um, well, you know, camp, and yep. um, they weren't hiding it. 
Um, but we know that Isidore and Elise would go to their apartment and they would take the cassock off. Mm. Now, Elia is Elise going to say he didn't know about that while he's lying. Yeah. Okay. But that was going on. Now, yeah, I mean, we... Isidore's life, his lifestyle. Now, what I used to see every morning was Isidore would get up, you know, we'd be all up at eight. It had to be in uh, the first list was, first uh, call list was, I think, eight o'clock, quarter day in the morning or something. And so we all had to be there. And most days he would head out immediately. Right. Okay. So he wasn't saying mass most days. Yeah. And I'm not saying he didn't say mass. I did see him say mass. I won't say no. Not like Clemente, who's a complete opposite. But yeah. Isidore would head out with Elias or with somebody else for morning coffee. Hmm. Uh, and then the round of the banks, going to all the banks. I mean, he'd go to all the banks in Seville. One of the main streets in Seville, you'll see the banks. I mean, they go from one bank to the other. Probably probably moving money around, you know, from one yeah. account to another, for reasons. There was people uh, seeing seen Manolo with bags of money, you know. He used to walk around uh, Seville with bags of money. He was known for it. Utrera as well, no? Yeah, no, I, that's the, the only day I did go out with him, he gave me a bag of money. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I had, I, had, uh, I was, I was um, Elias. Uh, Elias was number three. His name was um, Carmelo Pacheco Sanchez. Um, he, I went. To, I was. I was his driver for a while, for for a year and a half, I think. Um, that was that was constant going to banks and taking bags of money out. It was, wasn't just madness. one madness. Madness. And so that's, that just shows you the cash flow that they had. And I remember when I was younger, at around the Easter time, they used to send around these baskets. The baskets were overflowing. Yeah with money you know with notes you know from all different currencies so and i think that was even a small a very small fraction of what their what their yeah. income was that was that was just spending money for the for the day that's all it was how crazy honestly honestly that was that was i know how that that we, that we all stacked so you know they, they separate the different bills wherever it was but that was just for the yeah, day well, it's just, as you know i know i know as well i didn't come from a rich background um, quite the opposite actually and I remember my parents scraping money together to put it in the basket to help the order no? um, yeah. and many other families did that as well and these guys were just pissing up against the wall as we've seen in the documentary saw Clemente there drunk and yeah. um, with Father Marcus beside him and a few other, other priests no? and they, these guys were living it up on the money on the backs of poor people At the, there was a few poor people in the good few actually a good few poor people in the church at the time who were actually scraping money together and first they had go to Palmyra and second to give money to the church so it's it's very disrespectful no? but the concept of money you, you, everybody lost the concept of money in Palmyra you didn't you, you didn't know where the money was coming from here again you'd ask for anything you know if you want to people who are in with the with Clementi and in with Isidore they could ask for anything mm. you know there's no concept about how much like I remember once my family sending and I was still in Ireland I said we sent 400 quid okay it was mm. massive it was that was like, wow, yeah. you know. And some people might laugh at it now, but that was a lot of money. Mm. Um, but I mean, I saw that spend in a shop in ten minutes in, in Palmar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. It's it, it, it's just yeah. They just lost reality along the way. Uh, like not even along the way. Maybe that was the whole idea of the whole thing. You know? Yeah. Um, well, look, it was anyway, a scam. But it was. It was uh, the money at the end. At the end. Of, at the end of the day, money was what moved the, moved everything. You know. 
Yeah, it was very funny actually getting to the point where Manolo and his uh, the way he was, you no, know, I can remember the way he was, and he absolutely hated Andalusian culture, and he hated their dialect, and he used right. to call them farmers and truckers, and <laughs> he hated anybody who would speak Andalusian, like he he hated the sound of the of the dialect, no. Um, yeah, he very he very openly. There's a word in Spanish it. called the word in Spanish called fuleros, f-u-l-e-r-o-s, which they. Andalusian, you know, the, the the typical Andalusian with the accent, you know? Yeah. Look, he was... Exactly, he hated that, but how did... That's, that goes back to the question, like, Clemente was Andalusian, no? Well, Extremadura is just at the... If it's not Andalusian, it's just, it's just outside of it, you know? It's not... Uh, I think yeah, it but is... Yeah, but Clemente, Clemente was from Seville, no? Yeah, look, accent. Yeah. Yeah, La Zeta, La Zeta, he could hear it in it. Yeah, but it's interesting to see like that was the big change within the church at the time because Clemente was totally Andalusian like from yeah. flamenco dance up to I don't know whatever Andalusia has you know their, the way they speak and everything else you know Manolo was I thought he was above everybody else, and he was from. He had to speak uh, cast. Uh, what was it? What's the main language in Spain? Castilian. Yeah, Castilian. Yeah. No, Castilian, and he was always harping on when we tried to be, speak our broken Spanish. Oh, you sound like a trucker. Oh, oh. I just <laughs> it just goes to show you he must have uh, disliked that for years, man. Clemente, no. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, Israel was a proud man. Okay, mm. uh, full of himself. I mean, he. I suppose he was the guy who instigated the Palmarian Council, the first one. Now, no, I'm not talking about the Council of Kinesis, that wasn't, you wouldn't call that a council. Because uh, there's no intelligence there at all, you know. Yeah. Um, what I'm talking about, uh, Isidore, when they started the, the, the Palmarian Council. Um, but what Isidore did was, he took the likes of, if you want to look up St. Saint Catalina of Emmerich and St. Maria these are all big mystics in the Catholic Church and they, they spoke about the life of Christ and all that and he edited all that and put it into the, to the... and then of course they came up with all their weird doc, 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 doctrines I mean, forget about the Antichrist one that's 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 his that's his baby but I mean the interplanetary wars that are supposed to come you know mm. Clemente and they did initially say it was Clemente would rise from the dead after three days after being killed by the Antichrist himself. And yeah. um, then, you know, people come from the other planets to help Clemente. <laughs> In the fourth <laughs> universal the, war. Yeah. So the first is the war, the Turbo War, then there's the interplanetary war, and then there's the war against the devil himself. Like, these are all made up by, by Isidore. He was the main That's instigator. Of I mean, there was a couple more people involved, but it was mostly him. It was like, it's like he was writing a book. Do you know what I mean? And he got on, got into this. I'm going to write a book about this. You know, he's <laughs> going to write about it. Um, yeah, he, tried, he always tried. For me, he always comes across like he tried to be more than he was. So he tried to be more posh than he was. He tried to be more intelligent than he actually was. And yeah. um, you could actually see it in some of the ways he wrote. He actually just plagiarized. No, like he just copied people's stuff. But um, what surprised no, but was me about Manolo a lot was he's very anti-capitalist. He was a money man. He was a money man. He was involved with people who moved money around. Um, he had something against the, the, the Roman Catholic Church. 
you know, and the, the, that's why he, I think he invented Palmar really. Um, yeah, but we, we had we went over that because he was he refused as well in the seminary, right? So he was yeah. bitter about that as well. Um, then there was his, his gay lifestyle. I mean, it was a lifestyle. It wasn't, come on, it wasn't just I, I sin, father. This was a lifestyle mm. that he had. He had lovers. He's been known to have abused young men. Yeah. And, you know, I took advantage of them and spent a lot of money, lived a great life. I mean, his his bathroom, his private bathroom, they're all gold, gold, gold plated with taps. Fucking hell. Crazy stuff, John. And we, we as faithful were told at one stage that the priests um, didn't even have warm water, no? <laughs> no, that never happened, to be honest. Yeah, like the priests didn't have warm water and the nuns didn't have food. And that's why they need money now, no? Yeah. Well, I would have seen Isidore more when I was Elias's driver, because I would have to drive Elias all around the, the gaff. Yeah. Um, so we kind of bump into Isidore in a restaurant with his his accompaniment. He had, we always had to go two and two, you know? Yeah. Um, I just get back to that point when I said that he's a, he was anti-capitalist and he was anti-socialist. He was actually yeah. against any ideology other than a monarchy with the Pope in charge. So the Pope yeah. naming monarchs, that system, yeah. no? That's the monarchy that, that, system. That's all he, he believe, agreed with. But no? they still believe that, John. That's in their doctrine. They believe that. Totally. But uh, like you had, you had, for example, Clemente had leanings towards uh, Francisco Franco, no? Where yeah. Manolo, he didn't really talk about that. And he went totally into Palmarian identity. We are oh, our own yeah. people get away from national pride uh, yeah. your own you know in Ireland we have our own language um, and yeah. not allowed to speak that anymore he was the one who who took away Christmas it was actually a funny story he was driving through Liechtenstein and my wife and she's Liechtenstein I don't know and she remembers it he was in the car and he was looking at the lights the Christmas lights in Liechtenstein they're done very very well now it's very beautiful now at Christmas time yeah. here. so they're all hanging from the light posts and up the mountains and it's very nice and um, he just said look at all this cheap uh, cheapness, nothing about God. No, but yeah. it's just—it's funny to say that because in Liechtenstein there's a massive crib. Like I think it's one of the biggest um, cribs around. Like there, there is a, a lot of religious um, stuff around in Liechtenstein. No, and he was—he was going on about the lights, how how cheap they look, and how it takes away from Christmas. Then he just turned around and forbid Christmas, basically. Yeah. So it, it, it comes across like he was. Like it comes across that poshness, he wanted to be better than than anybody else. It comes to Liechtenstein, which is a naturally wealthy country, and they have these magnificent lights, which would, which are very beautiful. We have to just admit it's a fact of the facts now. And I think he just from jealousy, he decided to get rid of Christmas. Yeah, no, he'd say I, I heard him saying a couple of times, oh, when I travel outside of Spain, when I get back into Spain and I smell Spanish beans, um, oh, it's so nice, Spanish beans. All you do is make you fart, for God's sake. Would you get a grip, yeah. man? Yeah, that's what's yeah, I mean. was... Every country has great food. It's not just Spain. I mean, Spain has a great variety of food. I don't say no. But mm. Jenny, every country has their own, you know, speciality. Yeah, and he um, used to always say to us in Liechtenstein, um, we need white bread with the food. Now, white bread, you need to have white bread with the food, no? Which brings yeah. us back to the point where we said in our last podcast where there was an apparition where Our Lady or Our Lord came down from heaven to, just to tell the people that uh, the best the best white bread is in Spain, no? Um, yeah. Kind of goes in line with that because Manolo was at that time writing, transcribing the messages, no? Yeah. He could have even made up a few of them himself, you know. That's what I mean. It, it links in fairly well to the to the messages, his personality. Yeah. 
I mean, just another thing that some people don't know. I mean, he had a nickname in Seville, in the nick, in the the nightlife of Seville. I think it was called either El Monjo or El Monje. Okay, and I'm telling you, this is this is sexualized um, nickname. You know, he was like Clemente had El Voltio. He had a, these people had nicknames in the hidden nightlife of Seville. I mean, these weren't normal people. These weren't sorry. You know, I don't mean to mean that in any way bad. These weren't a person who just, you know, got, got caught up in a cult. These were people who were messing around already, you know? Yeah. And their morals are very questionable. Mm. Always. They're very questionable, always. You know, someone's, someone's listening to us and saying, oh, he's Rob's giving out about them. But listen, they had this, um, they had nicknames, in, you know, in the hidden nightlife. I mean, I'll give you one example. I remember going to the, the April the, the April Fair in Seville is famous, the April Fair with Clemente. There was 20 of us who went to a bar um, and all of a sudden we realised that this bar... Do you know what the April Fair is in Seville? Have you been there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't been there. I heard about it. The Twire yeah, all that was forbidden. <laughs> fabulous. No, it is fabulous. Um, and it's really the highlight of it. It's every April for a full week and it's fabulous. It's, a horse, it's originally a horse fair, so I mean, there's some artistic stuff there. We, we went to this bar and it was a transvestite bar. Yeah. It's only for transvestites. So what, what were 20 priests doing there? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, all these things are very questionable. Why would he, why would the so-called Pope of the last times, the great emperor, bring us to a transvestite bar in one of the busiest weeks in Seville? It is, it is yeah. I mean... Yeah, but there's just gone on just on that point as well. Just to highlight that again. Now we're not talking about the homose- homosexuality, and we're talking about the hypocrisy of these people. These people were uh, preaching rules left, right, and center, destroying families, literally kicking out husbands out and losing their families, kids out, and people were literally lives were getting destroyed because of their rules. And one of their biggest ones, they were always preaching against homosexuality. And the irony of the whole thing is these boys were themselves homosexuals. And that's what we're yeah. that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about homosexuality. We're talking about their, their, their morals in the sense that, as you say, the hypocrisy first of all. And um, but second thing, like the other nineteen priests with him on the day, we had all these vows of celibacy. Exactly. And we are all believing he's the Pope, and he's bringing to this place. I mean, I, I remember looking at the flamenco dancing, and I said they looked like men. Mm. <laughs> I was so naive of what was yeah. going on. But what I'm saying, this isn't criticism of, 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 of transvestites or anything like that. It's that Manolo and Clemente and and, and um, Elias had their nickname, nighttime nickname, nicknames. They were known, well known in the civil community. Mm. You know. Yeah, it's 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 very it's very odd, and I've heard it as well from many different sources. Know of all their shenanigans. Yeah. Got, leading up to this this main point now that uh, Manolo during his papacy he said that um, as very, at the very beginning of his papacy he said that the Antichrist was born in the year 2000 and in the year yeah. 2012 um, he'll have a public appearance which through the media will be would be publicised through the media at the, of the time no? yeah since then all that's been changed because 2000, uh, 2012 uh, came and went and fuck all happened as per usual um, and a lot of people actually left at that time because that was one of the an infallible doctrine once again distorted yeah. and afterwards the whole statement was changed no yeah. he came he said that now Manolo came out with that and I, I if I'm not mistaken 
I, he said that there was a there was a silent part of the apparition in 2001 from Clemente. Right. And uh, at that time, it wasn't allowed to be promoted or it wasn't allowed to said publicly what was said in that message. Some, some heavenly body said, you have to wait, no? All right. <laughs> um, Clemente had a tendency to do that, to remember silent parts of apparitions and tell you later all about them, you know? Go yeah, ahead, but it's the best to make up some yeah. bullshit, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Manolo got all that information, whatever. I'm nearly sure he took that from that apparition. No, he said that that's what that apparition mm. was. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he, he said that Antichrist was born. Anyway, that didn't happen. None of that happened. That was infallible mm. doctrine. That was like written in the in the Bible. It was written in the yeah. catechism. It was written in the Bible. It was sermonized. It was infallible doctrine. If you did not believe it, you were excommunicated. That's yeah. how 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 entrenched this was, no? Yeah. 2012 came and went, and sweet FA happened, no? But but he was dead at that stage of 2012, so it was very. So he didn't get to, to see the results, obviously, of his uh, of his prophecy, but um, of his lies, yeah, of his lies, his, exactly. So it was very, it was very appropriate that he made a, an apparition for th- that many years, where it would have been very possible that he wouldn't be existing anymore. He would be dead. No? And um, evidently, Hines and Eliseo didn't explain away. They couldn't, could they? No, they just changed it. That's it. Hines <laughs> said all the Bibles back, everything back, and we came back out. I didn't change anything. I just did grammatical uh, grammatical errors. I just changed them, and the whole fucking thing was changed. Yeah, it's just spelling errors, yeah. Yeah, that's what he said, just spelling errors. But he didn't realize that I read every single page of the bloody stuff because I wanted to know if they were changing stuff. And he changed that. It was all changed at that time. No? But John, listen to this. The, the knock-on effect, as you said, of that dogma, you know, it was in all sorts of their, their doctrines. But think about what, what they actually had made dogma as well, was the conception of the Antichrist. You probably read this as well. I mean, that was a detailed sexual act yep. in Palmarian doctrine between... Yep. An ex-Palmarian bishop, yeah, right, which was convenient, which was convenient, and the mother of the Antichrist, and this was, you know, she was told she was a virgin Jew. She was a virgin Jew, yeah. But hold on, it was like she was totally naked and she was beautiful. He got naked, got on top of her. Mm. He had the act, and once he came inside her, she killed him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was very, it was very um, sexually written because I remember being a young fella and you weren't allowed to look at anything at the time. I was thinking, well, she must be a bit of a not right. Like even even thinking that at the time, you were thinking to yourself, "Fucking hell, I'm going to hell for thinking like that now." But that's that the type <laughs> well, of I mean, uh, feelings that insinuated in a young and a young she teenager. Was no? the horror, horrors, you know. So imagine young priests with celibacy, you have you know having a, a woman or a man near them, and they they're reading this detail. I mean, but that was Isidore writing that. I mean, these are all reflections of his moralities and his, you know, how, what type of a person he was. You know, he was, he was they call him the Grey Bishop. He was behind everything. He was yeah. managing everything. He was the intelligence behind it. I mean, he, he, had he, a wrote, of he wrote in one of his sermons that he still feels the sting of the flesh at 70. <laughs> yeah. So. Surrounded by lovers, why wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> at 70 years old, he's still a, the Hugh Hefner of Palmyra or what? Well, that's the way it was. I mean, the, he, I remember he called one, one guy in particular and say, now this is two o'clock in the morning. We're after eating our, 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 our night meal at two o'clock in the morning. He'd say, 
One says, well, he's one might as well say his name. He's still there. Father Jesus, yeah. come up to my room to cut my hair. Mm. Two o'clock in the morning? Yeah, yeah. Jesus no, is an aura bio. He's, 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 he's trying to worm his way up to power. Once yeah, that boy has power in Palmar, he's the worst thing He's in the episode. That's why everybody has to worry about that. Like, LSAO is a bit naive and stuff, and he is damaging people still. And that's why I really want to highlight that point. A lot of people say he's relaxed the rules, which he has. In fairness to him, he has relaxed the rules a lot. And he does have a lot of contra from scrupulous faithful, but they were made scrupulous under his, when he had power as well. Uh, he was a superior for a long time too, you know? Um, but he has that he has tried to reduce the rules but they're only gone back to the point when before Chinez's papacy which was still very abusive yeah you know but John I know people will say oh I'd be happy enough and I think you've said this as well I'd be happy enough if you just lets me talk to my family or lifts that rule or whatever okay but mm. that's he's totally lacking in honesty yeah he, he knows all this what we're talking about he knows he joined yeah. the order the same day as me he was missioning the same countries as me. We were ordained the same day. He knows all. He saw the same things. Now he, no, that's what I said. I went back, like I got, I left, and then Chanel sent his his army over and gave me hiding. And then um, after Chanel uh, left or did a runner with his girlfriend, I went back to Palmer, and I had many yeah. a conversation with LSO. Um, and he was Pope at then at the time. And he, I said to him about all the stuff about the homosexuality, the scandals. And he was like, yeah, who he without sin cast the first stone. And I said, I'm not talking about the sin. I'm talking about the rules that were made because of them sins. Because of yeah. uh, lovers' tiffs, because of um, impurity, of thought, impure thoughts of other priests. They made all these mad rules that were literally... Cover-ups. Destroying Cover-ups. Families. Yeah. Uh, uh. Well, anyway, let's, listen, let's, let's keep going with Isidore. I'd like to mention Elias as well. Um, I just want to mention him because... The reason I want to mention this because very few people will know this information. Elias was the number three in the time of Clemente. Okay? Yeah. So Clemente used to call himself, Isidore, and Elias the three bulls of the apocalypse. Now think of this. This is the title these three lads had. The three bulls of the apocalypse. That gives the impression these three lads are like bulls and are going to, you know, run everybody down. You know, the great defenders of the faith. Now. Yeah. I was, as I said, I was Elias' um, driver, secretary, helper. You know, skivvy for a year and a half, I think. Okay, and huh. um, so I saw a lot that went on there with him. You know, and um, now again, he had again he was practicing homosexual, had his lovers in the community, but was always giving out about Clemente. Always. Now he he he's an ex-flamenco dancer, so when he died, he died. I think he died in '92. He got run literally run over by a lorry, as you say. And um, he was driving across the one road there in, in, in Palmar. He got run, run over by a lorry. Literally, his guts were hanging out. He's still alive, God help him. Of course, he was canonized and made a doctor of the church. I think he went to Provage for 24 hours or something like that. Yeah, but, I remember that. He, yeah, like everybody said, because he was found of pornography in his cell. And that became then because Clemente made him so quickly a saint because he obviously had a moment of grief who was his friend or whatever, companion for many years. Then he had to come up with this willy-nilly um, excuse that he, he did his purgatory and everything for, of, of, I don't know, what did he say, 50 yeah, years or 100 years? I can tell the pornography um, magazines, I can tell you because I was one of the people asked to clean his room and I, I was one of the people who found those magazines. So yeah. I know it was there. Plus yeah. he had women, women's clothes in his wardrobe. Mm. 
Um, no, but hold on. Then Hines was named in his place, okay, number three. Yeah. And Hines says to me one day, he says, um, Father, you come with me, I have to go down to Utrera. So off we go, down to Utrera, and I said, what's the story today, where are we going? And he said, um, I have to pay a bill. Oh yeah, what bill? Um, Father Elise's bill. I said, Father Elise is dead. No, the bill that he left before he died. I said, what bill for what? He said he had bought a load of furniture in Utrera, and he was sending it to somewhere, I think in Cáceres, in Spain. He had bought a house in Spain. In Spain. He was furnishing the house. Okay, no, 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 that's grand. That could have been for his mother. Okay, but I don't think it was. But this is the important part. And he had bought a flamenco bar, a peña, flamenco peña. Mm. That, that, that's up his life. Part. Sorry? Maybe he's setting up his life. Maybe he's uh, he ready, he to, ready go. to go. He was ready to go, John. He was getting ready to go. I mean, Hines did it. Hines got ready to go, didn't he? Yeah, no, yeah, well, I don't know, because I wasn't, I, like I like I said, I left before, then he left in the time that I had, had left Pomar, no? Well, Eliseo accuses him of, of taking money, okay? So, you know, all I'm yeah. saying is, it was easy for them to get ready. Yeah, of course. So this is the type of person, again, the bull of the apocalypse. Mm. This, these are the morals you're talking about with these people. People perhaps getting ready to leave Panmar. People living a double life. People taking off their cassock. People spending yeah. pe- other people's money as if it was nothing. Mystery. Mm. I mean, he would. He was shouting out literally all day long, John. This fella, bad-tempered shithead. Mm. Okay. So much for being a religious. And anybody who was patient, do you know what he called them? Little saints. They're only good for saying mass. That yeah, was so that the, was the hypocrisy is sickening, yeah. Sickening, and these are the three leaders. Yeah. So it's nothing to do with their their, their camp run. It's the, the morals that they portrayed. Yeah, and but this whole bull thing comes from the star sign, Clemente star sign. He tried to link that then with the apparition of the girls at the beginning with the green bull and all this sort of nonsense. Yeah. Always trying to link things. And and going back to Manolo there as well, just quickly before I forget. He mentioned, because Clemente started this bullshit that he was related to Ferdinand, King Ferdinand or something, no? Yeah. And then it was, happened to be that his his priest name before he was made Pope was uh, Ferdinand as well. Um, that's, Manolo that's, that's then Clemente. decided... Manolo was St. Teresa of Jesus, yeah. Yeah, St. Teresa of Jesus. Yeah. He's related to her. Yeah, according to him. Like, I mean... <laughs> and then now LSAO says he's related to your man in Switzerland there. What was the name of the flu? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Nicholas is Santa Claus, is it? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. He, yeah, the original Santa Claus, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he's related so, to. Uh, and he, I mean, he's some neck and he's put that statue on, I think, all Palmarian altars or something like that. Something like that. Ah, so like he that. wasn't the original Santa Claus. The flu was the guy in Switzerland that left his, his 10 kids and went into the woods and became a monk or something for yeah. the rest of his life. Yeah, but that'd be good to do a, a, a podcast on Eliseo on his own. That'd be a nice one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, like, like I said with Manolo, he, I, I just remember this one thing with Manolo as well. I remember looking at him at, at the procession because you just look at people because nothing else to do. Like, so I was, I was looking at him now, and he got annoyed that I was looking at him. So I decided to look at the at the float instead. And <laughs> he was annoyed that I was looking at the float, and he literally <laughs> sent somebody over to tell me to go away. Yeah, I was twelve or Par- something. Paranoid. Yeah, it was just, it was very, it, I mean, it was very weird. And I remember him coming to Ireland as well and he used to be very cold to the people and he used to kind of like be sarcastically laughing at them in some sort, sort of way, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the way he was. He taught anybody who couldn't speak Spanish was lower. 
lower life. Um, yeah. He really, he, that's what I'm saying. He's not an easy person to know. Um, mm. Definitely the disgrade bishop, this person behind, you know, manipulating everything. The money man. I mean, the houses they, they, the houses they have in Seville. Oh, I don't know what they do with the money, John. Mm. I mean, they were, they are, they're now some of them are hotels. That's how big that's they great. were. Yeah, that's how Crazy. big they are. I mean, the, 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 the papal house now is a massive big um, uh, hotel in the, in, the cent- in the center of Seville. I mean, Seville is, is, is what's the bomb. Why he didn't it's, been, it's good to keep in mind at that time, most of the floats were already made and uh, the t- cathedral was already built when they sold out, right? Yeah. So where did that money go? That is a big question. Like, where the hell did that money go? Yeah. Oh, I think I think he might have been under a few, might have been a few threats. You know, and mm. um, he might have had, he was probably moving that money around somewhere, somehow, to different yeah. people. Well, I do know for a fact, because he said it off the altar one time, that he was getting trouble with the Planet Permission Board for the back towers or some sort of towers they didn't ask permission for, and he was paying thousands and thousands in fines. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. And I mean, they, they had the best of solicitors in, in Seville. I forget, Rojas, I think his name is Rojas, or Ro, 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 I think it's Rojas, Manuel Rojas. Mm. I mean, these must have been on big retainers. You know, yeah, yeah. at least that. Um, yeah, just a, a finishing up point there because we're nearly an hour at it there now. Um, that Manolo, that's just the contrast between him and Clemente and the why he always always try and get across. Like he wasn't that much. He was strict in his own way, and he's very overlooked because he didn't cause commotion in that regard. You know, the kind of way he wrote letters, he just did yeah. his own thing, and he, nobody really saw him. Oh, he went to Russia and and said that he converted Russia to. Uh, the holy face and then LSAO did it as well just to imitate him I don't know if that was a bit weird but anyway um, that thing's in with the prophecies that Russia will convert and uh, help against the fight in Antichrist and all that sort of nonsense but um, he he kept a low profile but he really 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 hammered home and he was the one who made all the rules that Clemente brought because under Clemente was another mortal sin and under uh, Manolo became excommunication reserved to the confessor. And then we'll talk about Genez later, and he just went off the fucking deep end yeah. and started saying you're apostate and stuff. But um, uh, Manolo, he, he like was bringing the... in this nationality thing, this this Pomeranian, where Pomeranians to die for, to your, for your country is like to die for your dog. So he's trying to take away all this, what Clemente always preached, this national nationalistic view, you know? And, and Hispanic. Manolo was totally different. Yeah, Clemente was the Hispanic Empire. That's what it was. Exactly. Okay. Where um, Isidore was the Palmarian Empire. Mm. More, yeah. And he, yeah, like I said, he brought in a lot of debilitating rules, and uh, the chap has a lot to answer for. Well, there's one thing you always keep in mind about Isidore is that, as I said, you, you could never know what he was thinking. He'd smile at you, he was a smooth operator, he was working behind the scenes all the time. Palmar is there because of him. He supported Clemente in everything. Mm. Clemente said jump, is it always say to us, jump and jump a bit more lads. Okay. Yeah. You know, there was he, he supported him everything. So if there was if Clemente was lying, and I know I know Clemente lied, is it supported that? Mm. So he's par he's, he's an accomplice in all this. If not, if he's not the main one, the main the, the main instigator. So you know, people talk to me about, oh, is it always so nice and sweet? I said he's more and more sweet than you know, he was a smooth operator, that's all. 
you know, a businessman. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. He was trying to keep a, a, a low profile in that regard. And I can understand why people said he was nice because he didn't really talk to the people, no. But he came out with some really seriously hardcore rules and hardcore doctrine that really, really, yeah. really affected people. Being one, maybe you know about this situation with um, Ngori. There was a woman in Ngori um, and she used to have a chapel there. And there was a big hullabaloo when she died because she didn't write the will to the church or something like that. Do you know, do you know about that story, do you? What's her name? Um, her name was Bridget, I think. Oh, uh, Bridget, yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, that that house was left there. Anyway, that that was under Isidore. That ha- something happened there with Isidore as well, no? And um, that was coming towards the end of Clemente's time. And Clemente said, "Oh, let her rot, rot in hell, or or keep her money, or she don't put, yeah. don't put um, um, restrictions on the Pope or something like that, no?" But they tortured yeah. that poor woman before she died, like many others. Yeah. Money. No. Look, okay. I mean, there's one more thing about him, you know, before we finish up. Um, yeah. I was a missionary in Peru and Paraguay, so these are relatively, you know, poor countries. So he, I never, for six months, I wouldn't hear from him. Mm. I could have been dead. Yeah, I but don't I think you, they the, 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 the missionary in the United States and in Ireland were getting a call every week or twice or three times a week. A week. Yeah. I would not hear from six months. I, I went back to Palmer every six months. I wouldn't have heard from him for the whole six months. Mm. I could have been building a castle out in Peru or something. <laughs> he wouldn't have known. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, they didn't know. And yeah. never asked me, how's it gone? Never. Mm. Mm. Isn't that weird? It is. Maybe they just trusted that you wouldn't do anything crazy. <laughs> yeah, but come on. You know, how are you going? How are you doing? Like, how are things? At least that, no? Yeah, they didn't, they didn't give a shy about anybody but themselves, Robert. And that's just, that's just the fact. <laughs> and if you hadn't got money, if you had money yet, and you could yeah, get exactly. them you could get them money, they liked you. I mean, it's the same today. Like, you have these the families with more... With more uh, funds available or whatever not even that or just liked more that would get lesser rules that's another cultish uh, behavior thing and that also brings into repute when somebody says i had these rules and somebody else says well i my family didn't who are inside so it's a lot of cultish behavior that even manipulates people who have left palmer yeah so listen just to finish up just want to go over what we did today about isidore okay what i touched on anyway was um he's a smooth operator Definitely involved in, you know, in, in the nightlife in Seville. Definitely hanging out with guys who were not, who were not, you know, they take off their cassocks. Um, weird, st- strange doctrines that he wrote. Okay. Which were infallible and then changed infallible. and didn't happen. And what, did, what were you talking about him? Then you kind of knew him in a different... Oh, that he yeah, was, I was um, saying about the rules, about the national, uh, his, his view, his political view, his ideological view and... What he did with the rules, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, he wasn't—he wasn't just the the nice little pope. I remember. I—that's like you said. You said a lot of people said he was nice. I remember actually getting on well with him. He—he he took a liking to me for some strange reason. Don't know why. Just did. And they used to let me away with certain things, or I broke the rules, whatever. Um. But looking back at the time, I would have thought now different. But looking back, all the rules that he made and the, the way he used to really attack families and. You know, he was very hardcore, very, very black and white, no? Um, caused a lot of pain in his time as well. So he's he's one of those one of those lads that caused a lot of pain to families, you know? Yeah. But let's finish up anyway. Main thing for me about Isidore, he supported Clement. Clement was a scam artist as far as I know. He told a lot of lies and your man supported him 100%. Okay? Yeah, totally. Do you want to sign off with anything? 
No, uh, just um, like you said, the same. I have the same opinion. Like I said, I don't think Pomar. Well, I think it was a scam from the beginning. I think the two of them were in on it. Um, Clemente needed a brain, and 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 Isidore wasn't as charismatic as Clemente, so they needed each other. You know. Yeah. Right, listen, John, thanks for that. I hope everybody enjoys this anyway, okay? Yeah. Hey, guys, uh, whoever's listening, thanks for listening. And Robert, we'll talk again soon, no? Okay, cheers, lads. Bye. Bye, 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 bye.